But I really felt when I was standing there in worship is that some of us, we're in a battle and we don't even realize that we're in a battle. And some of us have been stunted or muted or put on mute in terms of what God has for us. And we're being held back from doing the very thing we were created to do. And the enemy has put us in a battle of either mediocrity or just a battle of being average or blending in. Because as a man or woman of God, you're not supposed to just blend in and become part of the crowd. Your language is different. You speak the language of the kingdom. You know what I love about Exchange Church? Is we're not a black church. We're not a white church. We're not an Asian church. We're not any other countries here. Um, we are a kingdom culture church. This is about building a kingdom culture. So it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. It's what God is doing on the inside. He's building a kingdom culture and we unite over who Jesus is and that's what brings us together. So I think the church should be one of the most multicultural places on earth because God's presence shows up and shows off. But I really felt some of us might be in a battle this morning and the enemy has tricked you into trying to fight against sin. And he's, made, he's convinced you that this journey is about you battling against that sin that's in your life. That's not what Jesus died on the cross for. He died on the cross to set you free so he can set you loose. Your battle is not against sin. Jesus has already overcome sin. So we don't fight for freedom. We fight from freedom. You have the victory in Jesus' name. And so my encouragement is to lay those things down and say, God, you know what? This is... This, you already have the victory. And so I received the victory this morning that I have been set free to do what God's called me to do. And that is an awesome place to be in. But are you catching that this morning? He wants to set you free so he can set you loose. So he can set you loose. Set you loose to do what? To do what God has put you on this planet. Now I know that I've been going over this uh, quite a bit and and I feel definitely the need to continue to say this because I feel like this is a God word over our church and it's a real fresh reminder of who we are and why we're on this planet. Sometimes when we think about the topic of God's will, it can get a little confusing, right? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? What am I supposed to do? Well, the beautiful thing about God's will, it's not what you're supposed to do, it's what God wants done. And that is so freeing in the sense of how I make my decisions and how I engage my relationship with God. For me, God's will used to be a tightrope. Anybody have this illustration growing up as a kid? And if you put one foot wrong, or you make a mistake, and you say a word you shouldn't say, but then you get graced back into that tightrope, and that's what God's will is. And you get sucked into this mentality that it's so narrow, and it's so... Uh, so short and so uh, pressed in that if I make one mistake, I'm out of God's will. And that's absolutely not true. I think God's will is more like a, an American highway versus an Australian highway. You've got 12 lanes right across. <laughs> Keep going. It's big, it's wide, and it's there. God's got so much stuff that he has for us to do. So don't let the enemy pull you into that trap. And I want to go over some of the scriptures this morning because I felt... Uh, to have a good, strong scriptural reminder of why we are put on this planet. We can see this uh, in John 3.16. For God so... Everybody knows it. Is it above my head? 
I can see it above my head. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him shall perish but have everlasting life. There it is. You are the treasure. You're the precious. You are the one that he is seeking. Maybe the enemy's told you that you have been disqualified or dislocated from God's will or God's presence. But this scripture directly conflicts and confronts that thinking. You are the treasure. You are the reason. John 3.16, he loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And that's what I believe part of my journey on this planet is about, is knowing God. What is God's will? It's to know God. It's to have an intimate relationship with Him. Maybe the enemy, you're in a battle and you don't realize the enemy's trying to take you out of that process and make you feel like you don't deserve to know Him because you know that He knows about you. He knows every detail about you and you feel guilt, you feel shame. Well, I want to encourage you this morning to put that aside. His love is greater than your shame or your guilt. His love is greater. That's the foundation that you can stand on. And we see here, what does God want to know God and to make Him known? It's Matthew 28, 19. Very famous passage of scripture. I often refer to it. But here it is. Is it above my head? It is. It's above my head. <laughs> Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. What does that mean? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That scripture there should interrupt your life. It should inconvenience your schedule. It should cause you to prioritize what he wants over what we want. I'm not saying don't ever go on a vacation again. I'm saying maybe there's someone that God will introduce you to on that vacation and you'll find purpose in that. Every single day, every single step and every word that can come out of your mouth can bring glory to God. It's just about being switched on, focused and aware. But no, the enemy wants to numb our mind and think that there are moments that are just for us, but it's all about Him. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in, name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm believing, Exchange Church, that this year, from now to the end of the year, that every person at Exchange Church would experience the blessing and the privilege of leading someone to Christ. That you would see someone's veil been lifted and removed and they realize Jesus loves them, that he is the son of God. Now, if you take that challenge serious, then I would encourage you, if that's real, you're going to need to memorize how to pray a prayer with someone, how to lead them in a prayer to commit their life to Christ. You know, it's no accident that every week I share and say exactly the same prayer Every week. Has anybody ever noticed that? It's not because I'm not creative and can't come up with a new prayer. I can pray other prayers. But I want it to be so memorable and memorized that if you during your week, because ministry is not about what takes place on this stage on a Sunday, I think it's more about what happens on a Monday all through the week, is that God wants to use you and then you can have the privilege of having an incredible God conversation and seeing someone truly make a connection to Him. You know, I think maybe with some of us have fallen into the trap 
And the enemy has convinced us that how you get someone saved is you have to get them to go to church and cross your fingers and hope they say a prayer at the end of the service. That's not, that's not scripture. It doesn't say go into all of the churches. It says go into all of the nations. Go into your families, your workplaces. That's where true transformation is going to take place. And it's going to start with God conversations. And in order for a God conversation to take place, we have to be switched on, listening for the windows of opportunity where the Holy Spirit will give, up, give us a word to give to them. Or they'll speak something that will ignite something in us. God wants to speak. He wants to reach His people. I believe it should be normal. In fact, I believe that it should be weird and strange that you wouldn't see someone get saved by the end of the year. I think that should be uncommon. It should be an uncommon thing in your life that you are not seeing people. If, 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 man, I haven't seen someone saved this week. This is weird. This is a strange week. In Jesus' name, open heaven. Open the windows of heaven. God, I want to see your kingdom go forward. What's your will, God? It's to know God and to make him known. And if God has commissioned you, if he's, remember, set you free to set you loose, then he set you up and empowered you to be able to be part of that awesome privilege. What a blessing, amen? amen. Number two, we, 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 a lot of us are familiar with this, what's God's will, is to build his church, the institution that he established. And there's a scripture, Psalm 92, verse 13. Is it above my head? <laughs> Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And that's an interesting word that the Bible uses there. Planted. Everyone say planted. They say it like a man. Planted. Planted. And that word, if it's using the example of a tree or a plant, is refers to everything that's underground. And everything that is underground is part of the foundation. And if we're going to build his church, you can't build a church without a foundation. And that means that I make, have made a commitment in my heart that wherever God has called me, I'm going to plant in that church. Because then I become part of the foundation. And what does that mean? That means I'm reliable, I'm dependable. That means that people can put things on my shoulders, people can give responsibilities to me, and then the church can go forward. We need to, I believe as a church, in order to build a strong, healthy, flourishing church that Jesus one day shall return for, there needs to be a foundation of planted people who are counting the cost, paying the price, or whatever it takes to be able to see his kingdom go forward. Because we all ask this question, man, what's God's will? I wonder what God's will is for my life. Is it to be in the worship team? Is it to grow a beard? Is it to be a pastor, a kids worker? What's God's will? Well, you don't have to ask that question. This message this morning sets you free from that, that question. If you build his church, know God, make you know build his church. How freeing is that? That I can go, well, okay, if it's build his church, what, what do you want done? Whatever it takes, I'll do anything. When I was a young Christian, I would tell God what I want to do for him. And as I've grown and matured in my relationship with God, my language has changed from this is what I want to do to God, what do you want to do? What do you need done? It's not about me anymore. Are some of our people getting words from God out there right now? Yeah. Awesome. Planted. 
and bring heaven, bring heaven to earth. It's Matthew 6, 9, 10. Is it above my head? Good. It says, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which is so funny because as Christians we spend all that time thinking that a relationship with Jesus is about trying to get to heaven. When Jesus was praying a prayer which is in exact opposite to what we commonly believe for is to make it to heaven. No, Jesus is saying please bring heaven to earth. We want to see heaven show up. And so when we have services like this, I want to see heaven show up in this place. I want to see the presence of God truly transform and change people's lives from the inside out. And not, not a, a behavioral modification where we just correct your behavior and say, if you do this, if you stop doing that, if you stop saying that, then yep, you're good, you're a Christian. We're not, we're not saying that. When you encounter Christ, the whole show changes. Everything changes. You won't be the same. Who you spend your time with, you'll live on purpose instead of by accident because God has called you and set you apart. And so that's the kind of church that exchange churches is people that live on purpose. Well, I haven't got any all rights yet. I've only been getting <laughs> amen, so I'll keep going. Any all rights? No. There's a really good scripture. Um, I felt that this scripture this morning, this is, I'll give, I'll give the first word off the, off the, what do they say, the first cab off the rank? Is that how they say it? I guess it's now the first cab back. First Uber off the rack. It's changed. Hands up, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, don't worry. Psalm 91, verse 1, verse 6 to 16. Because I'm going to read the whole chapter. Uh, I was a young kid and I went to a, a party as a young kid in Australia and there was some pretty wild people outside the party. and. And, I'm, and in context, I'm a young guy, and they were trying to bash the doors down to get in. I think they were drunk and misbehaving up to no good, very mischievous. And when they left, they finally left. There was like about three or four of them. They left their ring down the street, and a couple of them went out and, and stuff. And I think I yelled something out, really, really cheeky. <laughs> and then they turned around and started coming back. So I'm like, oh no. So I run back inside the house. We locked the doors, and I'm in there, and I'm really nervous. And then. They said, who said that? Who said that? And they're shaking the doors. Who said that? Who was the one who said that? They kept on going on like that. And then one of my idiot friends said, it was Mark Cotter. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> so now they're at the doors, banging on the doors. We want Mark Cotter. We want Mark Cotter. So I'm freaking out. I had to jump over the back fence into a neighbor's yard and escape <laughs> to, uh, <coughs> to get home. I finally get home and I tell them I'm petrified because these people were the kind of people that would come to my house and probably try to drag me out. I was freaking out. I, I got under my sheets and I'm laying in my bed and I've got my light on and, I just, and I'm, I'm shaking and I said, God, please speak to me. And I opened my Bible. This is what it came to. It's Psalm 91, 16. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust Him. Uh, for He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises 
uh, your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night. And boy, my gosh, was I afraid that night. Hey, how specific is this? That God would speak to a young 16-year-old kid straight to my heart, straight from Scripture. Where was I at? Nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. For a thousand, uh, though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. I, I believe someone needs to hear this this morning. These evils will not touch you. Some of you have got some fear and some stuff that's going on in your world, and you need to know that this is God's promise over you. Now I keep talking too much, and I've lost my spot. Though a thousand, I've read that. We could just open your eyes and see how the wicked. You can read it. Well, that was the bit I wanted to share out of it anyway. I was going to read the whole thing. Can we sing that? Uh, that part of that song again? Yeah. Um, the battle. Yeah. Some of you are in a battle. You don't realize that you're in a battle, but right now you're in a battle. But the battle is taking you out from doing the things that God has created you to do. Maybe it's, maybe it's a battle of fear and the enemy has put you on mute. Don't speak up. Don't speak out. Stay silent, fit in. Stand out, you stand out, you'll be criticized, you'll get judged. Stay silent, boom, he's turned your volume down all the way to silent to mute. And I'm here this morning saying God wants to turn that volume back up. And take that guard off your mouth so that you can begin to have the God's conversations that he's put you on this planet for. And you know what? You may just find they were waiting for you to speak up and speak hope and speak life and see that breakthrough take place. Amen. Amen. Let's just sing that. Let's just sit there and say His presence right now. I'm going to believe God's going to start speaking to some people. free in this place this morning, Jesus. Break off the chains, God. Lord, we put this church on unmute. We turn up the volume in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe to see salvations, not just in the house, but you're Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
has given some people in this room this morning a word. Brian? Uh, was that a lucky guess or? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. As we're just sitting there praying, I just started seeing uh, like people's lives as a as a picture being painted. If you remember, or I remember as a kid, if you ever watched, uh, I forget the guy's name, Ross or, or something, the artist, right? Bob Ross was that? Yeah. And if you ever see the in the beginning of the when he's starting to do the drawing or the picture. It might start with a lot of blacks and and outlining, and you, you're not sure what it is. And just God started to begin to think, uh, say to me that some of our our lives, maybe some of you today, are only seeing the outline of things, and you're seeing just the black part of things or the darkness. And your picture is not done being drawn yet. You're, you're you haven't seen the whole picture quite yet. Your painting is still being drawn out. The colors are on their way, the, the brightness is coming, and there's there's more to the picture than what you're seeing right now. You're only seeing a fraction of what God has for you and store for your life. And if you notice, by the end of the show, you see this beautiful painting or picture that was done, but you couldn't even tell maybe, oh, those are gonna be trees, oh, that's a lake, and those are, you know, the sunshine's coming in. You don't really see that until the end of it. And I felt like God's saying to some of you, you're kinda in the middle of your drawing right now, and you haven't been kind of seeing the full picture here. So just keep on. This is how, this is, you know how I fight my battles? And I say this even with my wife and everything. Is I worship God. When I'm, when I'm driving around, I do a lot of driving for work. I got worship music on. That's how I fight my battles. That's all. It's funny. When you start worshiping God, you forget even what the battle is that you were fighting over. You know, it's like the battle's already been won. You know, and so I just felt like God saying that to you is, is that, you know, our worship, that's how we got to fight our battles. That's how you get through. The, the painting is already going to be drawn for you. The end result is beautiful. Trust me, when you walk with God, he takes care of his people. He takes care of his children. You'll never lack. You'll never go without. You don't have to worry about what's coming next week, what's coming tomorrow. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. When you walk with God, trust me. Trust in him. He's got you. He's got you, so let's just continue praying that and worship any kind of battle you're going through. You can forget about that. This is how I fight my battles. I worship God. I keep my hands on God. Hey, Amen. Did that speak to anyone personally? Is anyone that really, really hit home? I'm not going to call you out. Because uh, Brian can go pray. That would be really awesome. Jeff, did you put your hand up for a word? <laughs> Did I see you got that? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Does anybody else feel like they've got a word from God that they wanted to share? I think this thing here could be the scariest thing on the planet, right? <laughs> Alright. Well, lucky for you, I've got another word. <laughs> and I just need to turn to it. If you want to turn to it, it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Is it above my head? <laughs> Ephesians 4, 11. Uh, not only does he want to set you free, he wants to set you loose. But in the 
setting loose. He equips you to do everything we talked about whilst you've been put on this planet. So he doesn't say, go and do that, good luck, have a good job. He says, here, here's my Holy Spirit. I'm going to equip you to do the things that I've called you to do. And you're not just going to go in your ability, but I'm going to give you a supernatural ability. What is a supernatural ability? It means that natural is defined as the natural laws that govern this universe. Whenever a miracle takes place, it defies those natural laws that are being put in place. And when you have the Holy Spirit empowering and equipping you on the inside, it is giving you a supernatural ability to not play by the rules of this world. We play by the rules of God, which is another level, meaning that we get supernatural insight into circumstances because the Holy Spirit's equipped us. And it's right here in Scripture. It says in Ephesians 4.11, And He has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry as they go, as they, as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Isn't that incredible? Is you have been equipped in the Holy Spirit to do what God's called you to do. So you don't fly blind. You don't go in without any empowerment. The Holy Spirit will move and speak. There's been many occasions and still to this day when the Holy Spirit will speak to me and it will start a conversation that will happen with someone. And that conversation could lead to a God moment. And that person's life is forever changed. In fact, I think I had on Friday, uh, I, I had the privilege of doing a funeral and I had about four God conversations on Friday. Granted, I'm the pastor who's doing the funeral, so I'm bound to have a God conversation. But it doesn't, it doesn't say in Scripture, uh, all of the pastors go into all of the nations and preach the good news and make disciples baptizing them. It doesn't say all pastors, it says everyone. Everyone. That's you, that's me. Meaning that we're, we're equipped. And I, and I kind of feel this morning in a, in a good, healthy way to say, I don't want to be the church where it's everyone comes to hear. I want Sunday to be the celebration of what God did out there. And then we gather here to celebrate and rejoice and thank God that it's happening. The only way that that can actually happen is if God empowers and equips us to do it. And so we need the Holy Spirit's empowerment to do it. Some of us are in a fight, but we can't fight because we're too busy fighting sin and ourselves. So we can't go and do what God's actually called us to do. And we may feel so far removed from this because we're stuck and trapped in this but no what should Sunday be about it should be about breaking those chains off so that you can be free during the week to declare what God's put in your heart now you're not going to say it that way on, on Monday I declare <laughs> you'll just get weird looks if you try and do that but God will use you and speak to you on a, on a Monday on a Tuesday and totally set you up to do what he's called you to do I love this. He has graced some to be evangelists. Do you know that the job of an evangelist, they say, of all of the ascension, the five gifts, they say the evangelist is the one that's supposed to go out, but it actually doesn't say that in Scripture. It's actually for the equipping of the saints. 
So there's not a special select group of people who have been set apart to share the good news of Jesus. It's everyone. The evangelist's job is to equip the church to evangelize. To evangelize and take the message that we have. Amen? Amen. Alright, I believe God's still speaking. I believe God's speaking to people out there. Alright. Over here we've got one. I'm a major crier, um, and I was hesitant to come up because I think mine's partly a word, but it's more of a confession, and I felt like the Holy Spirit just kept saying, just confess, confess, confess. So I'm hoping that maybe I'm not the only one. Actually, I kind of hope I am the only one, but um, I have been in a major battle um, going to this church, probably because it's exactly where I need to be, but I've been going through depression, I've been going through all kinds of things, but basically I hate people, <laughs> um, and I used to love people, I used to have such a love for people, and I just, I just want to hide, I just want to get away, I just want to not be involved, I just want to not get to know you, I just want to not smile and act like everything's okay all the time. And I'm just tired. I'm tired of being vulnerable. I'm tired of being real. I'm tired of putting myself out there and getting snopped on because that's partly what I've experienced in churches in the past. And I just, I, I feel like I need to confess that, not confess that so much, but just I know that God has got me. He's surrounding me. And I know, I believe in the bottom of my heart that God has got this church and he's surrounding this church. And he has such a huge plan. And it's not just because Mark and Ellie and Gabe and whoever like says it and they're passionate about it. You know, they gotta say that. They're the leaders, right? It's real. God has something. And he has something for each and every one of us. And I don't know what he has for me here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I just know I'm supposed to be here. And I just feel like I need to stop complaining and stop being afraid and stop hiding. And I need to be grateful. And so thank you, Mark, Pastor Mark. And thank you, I could probably thank all of you by name. Um, for one reason or another, but we are a family and we need each other. And I I guess what I'm confessing is I'm not going to buy into the lie anymore that I can do it alone. And I'm not going to buy into the lie that nobody, that somebody is less important than another in this church. And I'm really excited to see what God's going to do from this day forward. And I just want to thank you. Again, I just wish I could just call out names, but there's so many of you that I just want to thank you for loving me. Thank you for... <laughs> Sorry. I just saw Katie, my roommate, stick her head in a 
she's one of the people that I just have to thank and say that I love you. God is so good and he has so much more to come for all of us. That's it. Katie, Lord, we pray for you. Then we'll come for us to see you step around. We'll stretch our hands towards Katie. Lord, please thank you for this awesome woman of God. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Lord, that a, a new freedom in her theology and a new freedom in her spirit. God, I thank you that her best days of ministry are about to be unleashed from her life. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that there are incredible gifts and talents, Lord, promises and words that have been spoken over her life. And we pray that in Jesus' name that she would be set free and set loose to do what you've called her to do. And in Jesus' name, where the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy, Lord, we pray that be a new inner strength a new conviction that would rise up in her heart, Lord. Lord, that she has been put on this planet, Lord, to change the world, to make a difference. So in Jesus' name, I just see pictures of Katie right now bringing breakthrough wherever she goes. An agent of breakthrough where people have been held back and held down. Lord, she's going to lift them out. Lord, in your power, there's going to be new levels of freedom. But I pray, Lord, that she would change the confession of her heart and her mouth. Lord, I pray, Lord, that this season will be a season of confessing your promises, your word. Lord, we pray that that breakthrough would take place. Lord, and we pray, Lord, not a one-time victory, but Lord, I pray from this day forward, she would walk in victory. Lord, that every day would be a day, Lord, that you have created for her. Holy Spirit, I just pray that she would sense your presence, even begin right now. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to fall on her, Lord, in a fresh new way. Lord, that she would be a carrier. Lord, a carrier of your presence. Lord, a carrier. Holy Spirit, I pray it would be gentle. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this season is not going to be a season to focus on what she doesn't have, Lord, but what she does have. And what she does have is, is a carrier of your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, choose your own adventure. Okay. We, where, where we're going to go. All right. Just one more thing that's been on my heart this morning. Okay, I'm going to try to say it real quick here. But last year at this time around Father's Day, a tragedy happened in my family. And it was my niece's baby had drowned on Father's Day. And I remember we were up at the church up the hill. And... Um, Several of you actually helped more, helped me more because it was on that Sunday and I was at church and I, remember, I see Vivian, she was back with me, crying with me. Um, Katie was crying with me. But um, 
the interesting part of that, this is going to, I'm going to relay it to, some, to you guys in a second, but the interesting part of that, in, in the middle of that, I began to feel that sense that sometimes comes up in you when you're going through something like that. Um, that I began to question God. And I began to question His goodness. And, and yet the only thing that could come out of my mouth was, God, you are good. You are good. And I realized what was happening to me in that moment was that I was in spiritual warfare because the enemy wanted to plant lies about God in my spirit. And I feel like that relates to some of you here in the sense that you have walked through some trials of your life. And during those times, you've allowed the enemy to lie to you about who God is. God, you left me alone in that circumstance. You failed me, you know. And there's different lies that God places in those moments. And we don't realize it, but they are planted in our spirits. And the breakthrough comes is when the enemy wants you to believe a lie of God's character. But you, the breakthrough comes when you profess his truth and who God is. So some of you may hear, be here with an orphan spirit. That feeling of, I know that Tim's song that he wrote is about not being forsaken, you know? And uh, some of you have that feeling sometimes that you're alone. You're alone in the, in the trials of life and all of that. And it's very important that when you are worshiping and praising God, that you declare, I am a child of God. And that you, that's how you do your battle. And I want to encourage you, as you are going throughout your week and get into the habit of, in your worship, that you declare the opposite of what the enemy is trying to lie to you about God is that you declare the opposite. No, I am not alone. God just will not forsake me. He will not leave me. And so that's kind of what I, I wanted to encourage you to, today to grow in your wor your personal worship of God because that is how you're going to fight your battles day by day with God. Amen. 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 So someone asks you Today, how was church? What was the message on? You just say, well, God, God spoke. The Holy Spirit spoke. It wasn't about a person or an individual. It's about God using his people to do what we're called to do. Hey, you know what? I'm believing that you are going to be free and free indeed to know God and to make him known. Nothing's going to hold you back from making him known and from knowing him. Amen. I'm believing that you will be free. You'll be set free and set loose to build his church. The bride of Christ that, that one day he shall return for. The bride of Christ that we can build his church. But I pray that you are free to do that. And, and, and when you're free to do it, it means it's a privilege to do it. It's not, a, it's not an obligation that you feel like I have to do this as my spiritual duty to make sure that I'm good on good terms with God. No, you are free to build His church for what matters most. It's what matters most at the end of the day. And finally, I'm going to pray and believe this week there's a new sense and level of freedom for you to bring heaven to earth. 
if, if you see some places this week that don't smell and sound and look like heaven, then it's your job because God has set you free. Jesus set you free to bring heaven to earth. So you think, ah, oh, I'm dreading going into this meeting or this environment or meeting with that person. No, your job is to bring heaven into that moment. He has set you free to do that. What a privilege. How awesome is that? Meaning that I'm not stuck in an average, mundane, boring life. No, Jesus is alive. We have the victory. We fight from freedom and live on purpose to do what God's called us to do. What an amazing privilege we get of the things that God's called us to do. Did you know wherever you go, you change the atmosphere? Wherever you go, any principality has to bow down to you because of who you carry. Just like Katie is a carrier of God's presence, you are a carrier of the presence of God. I think sometimes we forget that. And, and, and we either suppress it or forget it and, or neglect it. And we don't realize that when we walk into an atmosphere, man, it changes the environment because Jesus is in us. That's a big deal. I wish for one day God would give us spiritual glasses where we could walk around for a whole day and see what's happening spiritually. And I wonder how much more prayerful we would be and fired up and excited because we see supernaturally what God's doing and where we go. I can imagine that there's some people when uh, there's, there's some evil spirits out there that when they see you coming, you don't get to see this, but they freak out and they run and they hide. We think we're the ones who have to be scared and, and freaked out. No, no, no. The devil is afraid of us because of what's in us, what we carry. You've been set free to know God, make Him known, build His church, and bring heaven to earth. So I pray that our services, and this is my prayer. I'm going to just, my last nail in the coffin, and then the message is done. Is it, I'm praying that you are free this week. I want you to find true freedom. You're free. The guards off you. You're free to do what God's called you to do. And you know if you're free. It says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. They know that they're free. You know when you're free. Are you free? Has Jesus set you free? Some of you are free in your theology, but you're not free in your spirit. Does that make sense? Some of you have got good head knowledge of God, but it's not outworked in your life. You're not seeing that sense of, you don't have that freedom to say, yes, yeah, where I believe you're the crazy one, not me. Like Jesus is real. What's your problem? You walk in that confidence because you're free. And that freedom is what truly changes other people's lives and changes our lives. That's my prayer. So let me pray right now and then we'll close this service. God, we pray for a bunch of free people in exchange. Almost have that picture of brave heart. Lord, laying on that, not willing to compromise his values. That strength of conviction where he would shout freedom. And God, I pray that this week people will experience the freedom of Christ, that they would be free and free indeed. God, we pray, Lord, if some of us in this room have hit ceilings and we need new breakthroughs, a ceiling of mediocrity, God, I pray, Lord, it would be broken off in Jesus' name. You would cause us to be uncomfortable again, to get out of our box, Lord, and begin speaking, declaring, believing, praying, Lord, for the breakthrough that you have for us. 
And God, I pray we wouldn't just be the church where people come to get a word. We'd be the church that gives a word. And we would be people here who have answers, who have hope in Jesus Christ. And so, God, I pray for a sense of freedom over every person right across this room. We would carry it into the week and we would carry it through this summer of His Spirit. Summer of His Spirit. We declare it in Jesus' name, a summer of His Spirit. I pray this church would become more sensitive to His Spirit. Spiritually awakened. Spiritually aware. Spiritually focused and intentional. Lord, to build Your kingdom. To be about Your business. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Does everybody feel a little bit freer? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a little bit free this